The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to another episode of Kingdom Keys. We are back. You're with your hosts here, Nate Christensen, Maurice Elston, and Price Carter, all representing Arrowhead Pride. We're back for another week of Kingdom Keys, where we talk about the keys to a Chiefs victory. We are in the AFC Championship this um, this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll talk about some keys to victory for the Chiefs against the Bengals this week. But every every week, y'all know we like to start with the major keys, and the major keys is always going to be injuries. So, um, Price, what are we looking like from an injury standpoint on the Chiefs and Bengals? Is there an, is there a Chiefs injury that might be significant this week? I, I haven't been on Twitter this week, so I, I don't I, think I don't it know. is. It, c- it oh, can't be fourth and elbow. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, the entire city <laughs> elbow watch. All right. Well, <laughs> the good news is for those of you that are uh, hashtag ankle watchers, Patrick Mahomes was a full participant all week of practice. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that that means he's 100% ready to go. We'll probably get to that. Uh, Chiefs list three players questionable. Um, McCole Hardman, which, you know, has been a reoccurring star of this podcast as to if he's coming back. He was limited all week. Um, Justin Watson is listed as questionable. He has a stomach ache or something. He, uh, <laughs> illness is his listing. And then um, the one that has Twitter all a bustle is Travis Kelsey popped up with a back injury. Um, we were talking to Pete Sweeney this afternoon. Sounds like the way that they do it on Fridays is that the Chiefs go and practice, and then they have media availability. Travis Kelsey completed practice, which makes him a full participant. So he didn't like injure his back and then leave practice. Probably completed practice. Something happened. Maybe just soreness, pain management, whatever. Went and worked on it. He missed his media availability, so they have to list it. So signs are pointing to that he'll probably play, from what it sounds like, but. Anytime you see that four-letter word for you know a, a player over thirty, it's pretty scary. Um, and then on the uh, the Bengals side, you know a big narrative out of this game is going to be Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams are both out of this game. Then obviously Lel Collins is on IR, so he will not be playing as well. So there's your three out of five offensive linemen missing for the Bengals. Kappa's probably a, a, the probably the biggest one there because he did a he did a fantastic job, man, in that middle last time the Chiefs played the Bengals in Week 13. Mm-hmm. So that 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 that's a big one because you can double Chris Jones, doubling Chris Jones when you got a star that's helping versus doubling Chris Jones with two backups. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah that's the Bucks in the right Super Bowl a couple years ago. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So yeah, that's our injury thing. Y'all, what, what do y'all think? I think Miko goes any this week. He tweeted that picture that makes it sound like he's going to go. I I would just say yeah. if he does go, 
I think he'll be on a pretty limited snap count. I mean, he hasn't played since the before the Jaguars game, like the Titans yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a Titans long time. It's been a long time. So like and he's already kind of just a limited snap player anyway. He's not a guy that gets like 50, right. 60 snaps. And now you have Kadarius Tony. They've been using Sky more and more. So i you know, it, yeah. the thing that might just be helpful is that he probably has a few red zone plays. And obviously in a mm-hmm. game that's so close, like Maybe one of those red zone plays pops. He had a touch. I think he had, t- he had a touchdown last year uh, against the Bengals. Uh, that was the last touchdown the Chiefs scored. So, yeah, it's good to see him back. I- I'm really glad for him because if the Chiefs win this week and they get he gets two more games to at least put something on film for his free agency, yeah. I think that's definitely helpful. There'll be less kind of like ambiguity between like is he healthy, like is it a long term issue. So good for him. I'm glad he's back, but I wouldn't expect McColl to play like 50 snaps this week. No. Yeah, I think I think getting McCall Hardman back in the fold is, is definitely something important. Right now, and this is something the Chiefs offense has lacked all year, even Isaiah Pacheco, who is very quick, I'm not sure the Chiefs really have a person who can make a house call. You know, the person who just breaks 50 yards to the house. And those jet sweeps and, um, you know, tosses that McCall can take, that's he's really the only player that can do it. Uh, you know, Kadarius Tony is very quick, not very fast. Um, his, you know, lateral agility is some of the best in the NFL. I mean, we've seen him juke people out of their soul, but um, he doesn't have that just house call ability. And McCoy right. does. And I, I, I think that that's something, you know, that I think it's probably going to be one or the other on the field, probably not both. Or if, if they are both on the field, it's not very much. But I, I think this is, you know, this leads well into the next topic for a team that is going to be playing predominantly from the pocket this week and probably be relying on some quick hitters here as far as from the passing game. You couldn't ask for much more for a guy who can generate a lot of yak with McCall Hardman. Yeah, I think he'll be limited, but I, I cause you know, that's what Andy likes to do before he gets him back in a full swing, kind of have him come and have a small package for him. Just having that type of uh, speed on the field that you have to account mm-hmm. for make, makes, makes it a difference. So I, I really think having them back, even if it's in a limited basis, can definitely benefit the Chiefs. So, so Nate, let's jump to you, man. What, what's um, what's one of your keys to a Chiefs victory this week? Yeah, so I wrote about it today, and Andy Reid kind of mentioned in his press conference that, and it, you know, it's hard to take anything away from an Andy Reid press conference, but he kind of mentioned that he they didn't really feel like the offense changed much after Patrick Mahomes' injury, and I think that's relatively true. Like, they were still, you know, operating out of gun. The ball was coming out a little bit quicker and shorter than it usually does, but, like, the offense really didn't, like, change too much. But there was one thing during the game that kind of drove me insane, which was, like, when the Chiefs would go under center after Patrick Mahomes' injury. So I, I decided to look because it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, they were just running, like, right into linemen. Like, none of them work. So five carries last week after Patrick Mahomes' injuries were from under center. This is not including the Chad Henney drive. Uh, which I don't think they went under center once. Uh, six yards. They didn't have a single successful run, like at all, whether it was third and short, whatever. They did not have a single successful run. And that's particularly important because the last time we played the Bengals, we ran under center 10 times for 60 yards and were successful on eight out of 10 runs. So that's like a huge disparity. I heard this stat on the athletic football show today. The Chiefs in under center runs are second in success rate from shotgun, they're 27th. So there's a huge disparity. They run very, very well under center. They usually like to get in like 13 personnel and they just run like a variety of run plays. Another stat on top of that, like from play action under center, Patrick Mahomes is averaging 15 yards per attempt throwing, which is like, that's ludicrous. Like 
Petterman's average is like eight yards in attempt, like in general. So he's like doubling it on play action passes. So the Chiefs couldn't really go under center last week, kind of with the Jaguars, because you could, I mean, you saw Petterman was just like hopping to try and hand the ball off on those stretch plays. And I also think part of the issue was there was no like threat of play action at all. Like if you, like if you, for the listener, if you like go outside, try and like execute like a play action. So like you're going to turn your back like 180 degrees. You're putting a ton of pressure on that back foot, right? When you drive, when you're going to plant to throw, especially like a deeper pass. Well, trying doing that like on one foot, that's just really hard. And the timing of that would have been messed up anyways. So kind of long, kind of long point here is I'm very interested to see if the Chiefs can go under center this week. I I think that's going to be critical if Mahomes is healthy to run the ball that way. The Bengals will give you easy run looks. They do not. They're going to play two eye safeties. They're going to play light personnel. Like they play in their even fronts. That's what happened when the Chiefs played them last time. Like the Chiefs were playing in 11 personnel, which is one tight end, one receiver. And then they would go under center and they were just gashing the Bengals with zone runs. They couldn't do that against the Jaguars last week. And I think a lot of that had to do with Mahomes' injury and the fact that they couldn't run play action. I'm super interested to see if this week, I, like if I was a play caller and Mahomes is healthy, I'm like running that on my first or second play because I want to put that immediately on film for the Bengals. So they have to, okay, we can't just crash on every single under center play. We don't have to worry about like the play action threat. And after that, everything can open up. You can run more 13 personnel. You can run the football. That to me is the biggest, like it sounds like so dumb for a team that has like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but like that is the biggest key for me this week because if, if you can't go under center, you have to alter your game plan so much. You basically just have to eliminate the run game. But if you can run the ball and play with heavier personnel, I think it's a lot easier for the Chiefs to play a possession game, which I think is going to be big because that's what the Bengals love to do. Yeah, I mean, to your point, it's so interesting. The These Chiefs and Bengals games, these offenses are so high-powered. The quarterbacks are so talented. The receiving talent in the game is unreal. And yet, running the ball comes down to being a huge make or break factor in these games and it's almost like these offenses are the run is the change up you know you think about a great fastball pitcher they're going to buzz it in there at 101 miles an hour and a great hitter can sit on that and swing early and and knock it out of the park but if how the change up is going is going to ultimately decide how the pitcher does in that given outing the chiefs in all four meetings with the Bengals, have averaged five and a half yards per carry that's insane that's unreal. And, you know, as we've all well documented, if the Chiefs probably just run the ball out in the second half of the AFC Championship game last year, we're probably talking about two Super Bowl cha- two-time Super Bowl champion Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We all know that didn't happen. There's going to be a discipline factor to the run game. The Chiefs are going to have to stay disciplined. And there's also going to be an offensive line challenge here. You know, I think one of the things that you heard that came out of the Tampa game, probably one of the Chiefs' best game of the year, was Andy Reid specifically challenged the offensive line here. And, you know, I I think that that's something that's got to happen here. I get frustrated hearing about how great the Chiefs' offensive line is, especially the interior, and then seeing them get stuffed on one-yard plays all the time. I just... I just don't get it, man. And I mean, you know, like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Joe Tooney, those guys are those guys are great are great blockers, and yet we can't do it. 
I that is something that has to change this week. They have to be dominant. DJ Reader is a great interior nose tackle. And you're right. Like they do sit in those two high looks and they rely on their guys to make a play. But this is the type of game where, you know, maybe we get another big Pacheco run or maybe, you know, McKinnon's gashing them for 10, 15 yards at a time. To me, the the story of this game is going to be the team that is able to stay disciplined enough to dink and dunk and march down the field, and then the team that breaks one or two big ones. You know, like, you were talking about play action. Something that I, and God, they haven't hit it all year, and it seemed like he hit it four or five times a year with Aaron Rodgers. But I would love to see a play action pass and just try to air out a ball to MVS on the first or second play of the game. Keep him honest. Show him that he's still got the deep ball. Respect the deep ball. That was a huge part of the game in Cincinnati. Um, you know, I think that was one of MVS had like about 70 yards and got a big DPI penalty as well. Like mm-hmm. they've got to respect this. The, I mean, this is this game is just so interesting in the chess pieces that are on the field um, and watching them kind of balance the run and the pass and the long game, and the short game and shotgun and under center. It, it It's really going to be interesting. But kind of going back to the main point, if you've been watching some of the videos that have come out of practice, I mean, Mahomes has been doing some of the under center stuff. Um, as far as like running out and handing the ball out without having to do the one hop on his foot. So early signs look promising. It's different when there's a 300 pound guy who runs a four, eight chasing you. Um, so we'll see what it's like in actual game. Time, of course. Yeah. I, I'm interested in seeing it too, because um, I think last game with the Chiefs, they had a, they had a pretty good running game against the Bengals the last mm-hmm. game in week 13. And that was without Tooney, right? Tooney, um, Tooney was yes. out that game. So um I really feel like if we can get on this get on the center and run that ball and, and stick to it, I think um, MVS had like two catches for seventy one yards. Like he, he had a drop and then they came right back to him, like almost a play the same play. Like hey, they gonna give us the same look. We are gonna go right back to it. So I really think running the ball is gonna you know keep keep the defense honest because you got to keep those those linebackers from keeping that coming downhill. And that starts with running under the center. I, I think we'll see a lot of 12, 13. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen some 14 personnel this week um, if they do activate Joe DeForestin. <laughs> I think if they activate him, I would not be surprised. because I think that really gives the Chiefs an advantage definitely in play action if you run out 14 because all, you know, for the most part besides Blake Bell, those, receive, those tight ends are good blockers and good mm-hmm. pass, catcher, pass catchers as well. So yeah, getting underneath that center, running the ball, and and Pat being able to you know put that pressure on that back that that back leg will be huge. I think that would be a huge thing. It, it's also doing it early, but it's I mean this sounds obvious, but it's imperative to keep that ankle healthy because if he has right. troubles with it again, like I I would if I had a headset and like I saw Mahomes like get like rolled up a little bit and a little bit of pain, I would tell Andy Reid to just abandon under center. Like you can't. If, if he can't run play action, you have to abandon the under center stuff, even if that gives you some disadvantage. Like, I, I really – I at first when I watched the game last week, I was like, I did not love Andy Reid's play calling. The more I thought about it, the more I watched it, I was like, actually, I think I was being a little too critical. But the under center runs were brutal to watch last week. and It's like they yeah, knew, the like, practice. if he's under center, he's handing it off because they can't play Literally, like, the defensive tackles and linebackers were just driving straight up field. Like, they had absolutely no, like, fear of a pass at all. I, I Seriously, I want that established early and often. I want the play action. I want under center established. I really think that's, like, key for the Chiefs. Because the Bengals, the one thing they do so well against the Chiefs is they limit possessions. And you can't afford to have a possession where you go three and out on three passes in a row 
not that that'll happen every possession, but one or two possessions that happens, that 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 loses the Chiefs the games. That's how they've lost every single one of these Bengals games, is that they have one or two possessions where they just don't execute perfectly, and that's how they lose. This game is so tight on the margins. So Price, what what do, what do you think, man? What's 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 the key to a Chiefs victory this week, man? Well, I'm gonna change it up a little bit this week. Typically, I come in here and, you know, pull some stats and say, like, oh, you know, with this sector of the field, the team does this, and they're this red zone percentage or whatever. This game is so much more than just the stats. And honestly, I'm going to pick something broad. I'm going to do a little bit of cop-out here. My key this week is execution. Everyone on this team is going to have to execute at a higher level than they are used to. I don't necessarily think that it's the worst thing to ever happen to this team that Patrick Mahomes got injured. Now, if I could have chose the timing, I probably would have chosen it a little bit differently than um, the AFC Championship game in the playoffs. But there's a sense of around the Chiefs, and there always has been, and you can't blame them. And I've even heard Steve Spagnuolo said it at the podium. Oh, you know, we've got 15. We've got Mahomes. He'll bail us out. And this is not the game for that. And I think, you know, Nate's done a great job of highlighting how important possessions are in this game. And every game that the Chiefs have lost to the Bengals has featured some key turnovers or some key penalties or some key special teams plays that have ultimately flipped the game. We all did that thing, or maybe not you all. Maybe you guys are good at math. I was awful at math. Like, that's why I married my wife, so she could help me with my math homework. Like, she was good at it. Um, but, you know, like, in, in math, especially back in high school, we didn't date. We, we were college sweethearts. But you'd get the math book, right? And they tell you, like, okay, do the odds on this page, and the answers are on the back of the book. And you'd go back there, and if you were me, you would get the answers and be like, okay, the answer is 42. Here's the problem. How do I connect those two dots? Even though you're not supposed to do that, right? I feel like we do that a little bit with the Bengals, where like, oh, what's that? Quarterback is playing well, getting the ball out quickly. All of a sudden, they make all these great plays that are very situationally aware. They're um, the, the New England Patriots. And I think, you know, the causation correlation there may not be as strong as we want it to be. The Bengals did not just wake up one day and be like, oh, you know what, let's just start being the most clutch team of all time and, you know, make all these great plays. They, two things have happened. They have a defense that plays great at keeping everything in front of them and playing great situational ball awareness. And then, you know, Joe Burrow's been great at not turning the ball over of late. And they have a high-powered offense. I'm telling you, the Bengals are not such a dominant team that they are have just absorbed the New England Patriots' ability. If the Chiefs can go out and execute their game and do their thing, they absolutely can win this game. But it's going to take a clean game from everyone. It's going to take the Chiefs not having a back-breaking penalty on third down after they've stopped the Bengals. It's going to take the, you know, the Chiefs' special teams to not get a 57-yard kickoff return or a missed extra point or those type of things. It's going to take everything from every single player to elevate Mahomes because, you know, this is one of the few games that 15 is not going to carry them. It's going to have to be the other way around a little bit. And, you know, this this does spill over to Mahomes too. Newsflash, he had the worst second half of his career against the Bengals. And a big part of that was due to some errors that he made with interceptions. And, you know, ultimately I think too, like Andy Reid and Spags, like this is, this is their masterpiece. This is their time to shine. It's time to get back to that Andy Reid magic with – Alex Smith and, you know, elevating his play. I think ultimately if the Chiefs go out there and do their thing and execute, I do believe that they can win the game. And, you know, that goes down to the offensive line too. I think that this is a huge game for the offensive line to flex their muscles. Uh, I wrote about this week that there's four guys on the Chiefs who are all could not be on the team next year 
who all have an opportunity to make a huge statement about their future. Orlando Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Juan Thornhill. All those guys, their future in Kansas City is very questionable. They go out and have big games. It's going to be a huge success and a big part of why the Chiefs win the game. That's a great point. That's I never that last point you brought up. That was a, I never thought of that, but yeah, I'll kind of keep it I mean, short. He, that's what you yeah. get here. That's what you get here. Yeah, go only good it. takes. Um, no, uh, the margins between these teams are so incredibly thin. Like it's, we've seen in three straight games. I don't think either team has like outplayed the other. It's just situational football. And, like, I don't think the Bengals are better than the Chiefs, like, 3-0 and sounds it is. But I also don't think it's just as simple as, like, the Chiefs just didn't. Like, it comes down to a few plays. Every single one of these games has come down to maybe five or six plays. And that's execution. Like, it's execution all around. And it's the Chiefs are going to have to have it this week, especially with Mahomes' injury, because they can't – they don't have a margin of error against this team that they do against, like, the Bills or they've had against, like, the, the, when we won against the Titans. Like, that Titans team was not good enough to just out-execute us for 60 minutes so that we didn't we didn't need that. This Bengals team is. They're so good on – they're good on both sides of the ball. So, it, it's about execution. It really is that simple. But, like, you just have to do your job and not screw up in the biggest moments, and you're going to have an opportunity to win this game. Yeah, absolutely, man, because if you look at it like penalties – we, we get a holding call on, on McDuffie that erases a, a interception in, in the early parts of the game for Juan Thorhill. Um, and then you you have the Travis Kelsey fumble. The Chiefs had just scored on three touchdowns, three drives in a row and three touchdowns, and they're driving, they driving down the field again for what, what you hope to be three or, um, or seven maybe. And Travis Kelsey fumbles the ball, right? And then and the Bengals go down and score, and they take the lead by three. Then we drive back down. Then we have a missed field goal last game. So it was it was just, and that's not even talking about the, the I think fourteen or so missed tackles that that the defense had that game. So it, it, it execution is huge. Like like it, it it is very huge that because everywhere else, if you look at last game, the Chiefs executed well. They ran the ball well. Uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't really make 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 too many didn't make any stupid mistakes anything like that. It was just a cost costly penalties missed tackles and and then turnovers and then a missed field goal. You can't have those type of things against good teams in the league and expect to to, to win. So yeah, execution, man. And you know, one of the things that I, I've spent a lot of time kind of talking about this week, um, there's been some, you know, kind of discussion on Twitter about, you know, this is really a refer- referendum on the Chiefs. If they host five AFC championship get to two Super Bowl you know, what is that going to look like? I think I think some of that is doing some extra work with like, oh, they hosted five AFC championship games. It's kind of like, well, there's only about six quarterbacks or five quarterbacks to ever do that in their whole career. And this is Mahomes' first couple seasons. But, I, you know, I, it, it's also a lopsided number, right? Like, oh, if you go to three, you win three and lose two, it looks much better than losing three, right? Because it's kind of an uneven number. But ultimately, when it comes down to this game, the, the Bengals are just a tough matchup for the Chiefs. The The Bills and the Chiefs were cut from the same cloth, right? They're just kind of wildly variant. You know, you get those good Josh Allen games, you get those bad Josh Allen games. You get those games where the Chiefs turn the ball over three times and still win by 10. The Bengals are a team that makes you earn every inch of what you do. And yes. to the Chiefs' credit, they almost pulled it off last year. They gained every single yard that they could gain in that game except one. 
and the last one ended up being the most important, right? That Tyree Kill missed touchdown opportunity. For the Chiefs, this game, you know, I'm kind of switching to the other side of the ball here a little bit, but for the defense, this is a this is a game to me that I don't want to see the defense come out here and set out on too high and wait for everything to come to them. I would love to see them get up on the ball, press their man, and make some plays at the point of at the point of catch. And you know what? Maybe they do get one big pass down the sideline to Burrow or to Chase or to Higgins or Boyd, but I don't think he's going to have the time to do that. And if he's holding on to the ball and patting it once or twice, I think that gives a great shot for the defensive line to get pressure. I want them to be aggressive in this game and try to make, you know, get a turnover or two. Because if they sit there and let them nickel and dime all the way down the field, that's exactly what they want to do. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I mean, switching to the defensive side of the ball, like that's where my key comes. And mainly it's in stopping the run. Like I I, I really want, uh, like I said, last game we missed 14 tackles. And some of that was in the past game as well, but it, but some of them was just like the quick screens, which is just really a, a a run essentially when you talk about this quick screens and things like that. But stopping the run, man, um, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay have to have a game, and not even just them in the run game; they have to have a game in the pass game because you know the Bengals where they did they, they a lot of their damage last last game too was in the middle of the field. It really went at Nick Bolton and Willie Gay inside the passing game as well. But if we if we can slow down the run and make this team one dimensional, I don't think that's the way that the Bengals really want to play football. They want to be a balanced team, want to be able to run the ball, pass the ball, get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hand quick. If we can turn them into a one dimensional team and that the offense can help with that. Right. If they can get a, a, a 10 to 14 point lead and force them to have to come out of that that a little bit. But if, if Nick Bolton has to go downhill, he has to attack. Because he does well at that. He doesn't get do too well, you know, getting off of blocks. If somebody gets their hands on him a lot of times, they wash him right out the play. So our linebacker play for me um, is stopping the run and clogging that middle up. Like, this is going to be a game where our defensive tackles need need to be present. And, and that, that comes with getting the ball out of his hands quick, you know, to stop that. I think we talked about this kind of last week. It's the same thing this week. Stopping somebody, a quarterback that gets the ball out of his hands comes, comes with our defensive tackles. So I really think – Chris Jones needs to have a game of all games and our linebackers, they need to keep our linebackers clean so that they can make plays in the running game against P Ryan and Mixon. Yeah. I'll talk linebackers a little bit. Cause I was talking about it on Twitter a little bit this week. Here's a simple fact for the chiefs. 
if Nick Foles and Willie Gay play as poorly as they did last week versus the Chargers and la- when they played last time versus Cincinnati, the Chiefs are not winning this game. The last week, like, it didn't matter because the Jaguars just didn't have enough on offense. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay were terrible last week. The, char- the Jaguars were just running zone play after zone play right at them, and neither of them could read a block, get off a block at all. Uh, I don't know. You know, their coverage wasn't really picked on last week by any means, but back to that Bengals game. Like, Joe Burrow had a microscope pointed right at Nick Bolton and Willie Gay and just threw behind their heads all day. And neither of them had any idea what the heck was going on. They had no idea that anything was going on behind their heads. I mean, there was a play where they ran like a quarterback like power, and there's like a pulling blocker that comes right at Nick Bolton, and Nick Bolton's driven 15 yards downfield because he has no idea where the ball is. That can't happen again. Like, I don't want to turn this like a whole referendum on Gay and uh, Nick Bolton, but like for their reputations, for their like draft status. They have to be better, like in, like they ha- they have to show up this week, because like everyone obviously like you hear like on national broadcasts and stuff about how like the Chiefs have like two stub linebackers. Prove it, like this is the game to prove it, because the Bengals will attack them. They the Bengals have done a really good job this year at finding a weakness and just attacking it over and over again, and that's what they did in Week 13, and it was widely effective. The Chiefs cannot afford to have that again, or else again like the Bengals will just slow the game down have like five or six possessions, but then it just becomes super thin. The Chiefs linebackers have to play better. And I think the the Chiefs linebacker narrative, I think it plays into kind of the whole two identities of these two teams. You know, we talked about the Bengals and, you know, the Patriots comparisons and all those things. The Bengals are going to do whatever they have to to win. They will run the ball. They will pass the ball short. They will throw the ball deep. They will keep spamming the same concept over and over again until you prove you can beat it that is very much a bill belichick patriots type of thing to do and the chiefs are a little bit more like that you know kid in school who may have had to go to the nurse to take some medicine to focus right they're like oh you know this is working really good we're running the ball for five and a half yards to carry what if we did um a, a lateral to michael burton and see if he can throw the ball to jody fortson like that's how the chiefs are right like they just they just they can't help themselves right that's how that's how it was in the second half of the afc championship game and that, that kind of goes all back to, are the, are the Chiefs going to do what they need to to win this game? Yes, individual players, Orlando Brown, Nick Bolton, Juan Thornhill, et cetera, they all have to make plays in, in this. But it's the coaching staff going to put them in a position to be successful when they're being successful, right? Like, okay, you're running the ball at five and a half yards a clip. Are we going to continue to run the ball? Or are we going to try to pass it on third and, you know, on third and two? Or are we going to try to, you know cover zero blitz on third and 19 you know like those are some of the most groundbreaking plays in this series you can look back at the very first time these teams met last year it's like third and forever and spag sends a cover zero blitz and jamar chase beats him over the top right and looking at these series and all three games it comes down to three plays if you go back and rewatch every game between these two teams there's three or four plays for each team where it's like well you know what the Chiefs could have gone up by double digits here. Or you know what? The Bengals could have gone up by d- double digits here. The games are just so close. You you think back to the most recent game, there's that Carlos Dunlap you know, sweep that he stops and gets that. And then you can think of the Travis Kelsey fumble. And you can think of the Tyler, uh, I think it was Tyler Boyd who just dropped mm-hmm. a wide open touchdown pass in the end zone. You can, you can paint the picture either way that like, you know what? Bengals by d- double digits or Chiefs by double digits. But ultimately, like it's just going to come down to what team can play the cleaner game. Absolutely. 
So if y'all, if you had one player price that that you said you is going to be a big factor this game, but that you feel like it's going to, you know, really play a part if the Chiefs are to win, who would that one player be? Well, I think you know for this activity you can't like Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes probably off limits, right? Like that's yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, like, yeah. Get them out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like you know, like hey, today I think the sun needs to come out. Like you know, right? Flash. That, need, that needs to happen every day. Um, for me, it's Jarek McKinnon. You know, pass protection and being Pat, Patrick Mahomes' personal protector is going to be massive in this game and keeping that ankle clean. You know, we were talking about how he's going to look with the angle, but there's a whole nother factor of it. And that's that, you know, Trey Hendrickson and um, all the other players on the Bengals defensive line know that that angle ankle is tender and they're going to want to re-aggravate it. Right. So keeping that ankle clean throughout the game. And then also McKinnon has had the ability to be the, the dump off guy for Patrick Mahomes. The Bengals will absolutely let the chiefs march down the field at five, four, three, two, send nine yards at a time. They're totally happy to let that do that. And Jarek McKinnon is that guy. He has been, you know, um, going back to like those Patriots team, he's been that, you know, uh, Sonny Michelle, or I'm trying to think of some of the other pass catching wide. Uh, James White. White. James White. Yeah. yeah James <laughs> like he's been that guy for him. And Pat needs that guy, particularly in this game as he plays from the pocket. And between the red zone and everything else, you know, I, I think if if the Chiefs win this game, we're sitting back here and talking about wow, 111 combined yards for Jarek McKinnon and two touchdowns, massive. And I, he showed up in the last game too. They run that kind of Damian Williams was the first guy to do it. I remember back in that Ravens game in 2019 where he kind of does that like in the backfield, leaks out behind the tackle, just wide open. Those are the type of plays that they're going to need in this game. And Jarek McKinnon is, he's a playoff captain for this team. He has just, it's been such a great signing for this team, and his role has just grown and grown. And if he can stay healthy and, you know, get things going on the ground, keep Pat clean, catch, a, catch you know, seven or eight, whatever, whatever McKinnon's over-under is on DraftKings, take the over. Man, if Pat would have seen McKinnon sitting in that flat last game instead of taking that sack, trying to hit Juju over the top, yes, we, yeah. we might be having a different talk right now anyway. <laughs> What what about you, Nate, man? Who you who, who you thinking? I haven't talked about him much this year, like in writing or like in, anything in general, but this has to be a Frank Clark game. And like the Chiefs, the last the last three times we played the Bengals, they've had a lot of trouble pressuring and sacking Joe Burrow, famously missing a couple sacks on third down last year. Chris Jones, the Bengals do just a really good job of stopping Chris Jones. They just put four hands on him and they just were like, We are we're not gonna deal with you. <laughs> Like, we're not going to let you wreck the game in any way. What that means is, like, yes, the Chiefs can, you know, generate pressures through blitzes and stuff like that, but someone else has to win. And, you know, George Karloftis is a rookie. It would be unfair to ask of him. Carlos Dunlap, just kind of a rotational player. Mike Danner, rotational player. The Chiefs have, like, yes, Frank Clark took a pay cut, but he's making a lot of money. And he talked a lot of talk last week, and he played a really good game, so he backed it up. But that was just against the Jaguars. That wasn't a great team. We need a really good Frank Clark game this week. We need him to chase Burrow down from the backside. We need like his ability to kind of help contain the pocket against Burrow. We need Frank Clark to be at you know his best this week in the run game too. Actually, that that's something else that we could use Frank for. But we need Frank Clark to have those clutch playoff sacks that we you know come to know from him. His tenure in Kansas City has probably been disappointing based on you know based on some of the expectations I and others had. But there is one no no doubt that Frank Clark will get clutch playoff sacks. That's been pretty much true of every year minus last year. But the two year, previous years before then and then this year, 
Frank Clark makes clutch plays in the playoffs. We need that more than ever this week because those two, three plays that he might make could be the difference. Absolutely, absolutely. For me, I think I think I'm going to go Trent McDuffie. Um, the versatility that he's been able to bring to this defense, I feel like in his in his maturation. Um, since he's been back from injury, has allowed Spags to call different type of things and different type of coverages. And and just his ability to play man-to-man coverage and not give up a lot of space. I think last game, that on, on 45 coverage snaps, he was only targeted like three times and only gave up like two catches for 21 yards, right? Like, like he plays really good. And I think it might have been you, Nate, that I seen post this. It was one coverage where – it was designed perfectly. It, it, it looks. It starts off looking like they're going to go cover one, and mm-hmm. then they rotate McDuffie back into a cover, t- like a, a, a cover two mm-hmm. look, and he was yeah. able to man, like play the deep safety on on a cover two. That type of versatility that um, interchanging McDuffie and Snead have been able to move them the way they're doing. I think if we could put Trent McDuffie on one side, I ain't gonna say you ain't got to worry about that side because of course the Bengals do have some some dynamic dynamic receivers. But you don't have to – I think you can trust him over there that he's not going to give up too much. He plays the ball well. He gets his head around. He ain't got that interception yet. He didn't drop a couple of those. But he gets his head around. He finds the ball. He tackles well. I think Trent McDuffie um, is, is going to be a huge part to what the Chiefs do are able to do in disguise on defense. And what he was awesome the last time we played the Bengals. Like, he, he's, like, squeezed Jamar Chase, who's, like, the strongest receiver I have ever seen. He squeezed him to the sideline multiple times. I think he drew an OPI mm-hmm. on him. Like that yep. was when that game was when I was all in on him because like this like shorter like stock like not super big corner was playing his tail off, being super physical with Jamar Chase. I've I've watched a lot of Bengals games. I have not seen another another cornerback do that to what Jamar Chase did. Even like Sauce Gardner had troubles like dealing with that. So yeah, that that's a good point. Like he he was awesome last game and. I hope we see it again. Yeah, because Jamar had that one catch that was phenomenal on the sideline. Yeah, when he squeezed him so coverage. much on the sideline, <laughs> it was just perfect coverage. Yeah, I think it, you know, I think if you're the Chiefs in this game, you're looking to kind of go with the Bill Belichick plan here. It would be great if you know Tyler Boyd is just no catches for no yards in this game, right? Like Tyler Boyd, his his role in this offense is tremendous because he is kind of that forgotten man. Like he's the guy that's like, okay, we've got Higgins, we've got Chase, we've got cover, we got Hurst, he's covered out in the flat. And then, oh, crap, Tyler Boyd's out there. You know, like, the thing that Bill Belichick did is that he would stick his number one corner on your second best wide receiver, and then it was just lights out for him. You know, that was like kind of the Sammy Watkins in the AFC Championship game in 2018. He was just basically not heard heard from from the whole game as they put Stephon Gilmore on him. And then we're going to bracket Tyree Kill. You know, and we're going to, you know, chip Travis Kelsey on every – he's never getting a free release, right? Like, that would be a great role for McDuffie, I think, in this game, is putting him on the second or third option and then just let's not hear from him. And, yeah, McDuffie, you know, he's he's been great in coverage. He's been super sticky. Would definitely really like to see him show up a little bit more in the stat sheet other than tackles and those passes, defense, intercepted category. But I think this is a great game for it, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, no opportunity better than this. Absolutely. So let's talk predictions. Here we are at this moment, right? Price, what do you what are you thinking, man? Well, I don't think a lot of people are gonna like my prediction. Uh, I, I've gone back and forth with this, but here's the thing: I, th- I think there's a lot of reasons that you can sit here and look and think the Chiefs are going to turn the tide here. Three losses to this team, 
there's a lot of reasons to sit here and go, oh, you know what, like this is the time that it gets righted. It's kind of like the type of thing you have a friend who's had three baby girls in a row and they're pregnant again. You're like, oh, well, he's due for a due for a boy, right? Nope. His odds are still 50%. And this game is still going to come down to these players making plays. And unfortunately, the best player in this game is dinged up, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And I, you know, there's, there's some kind of things happening with injuries. Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon didn't play in that game before. Chiefs didn't have Joe Thune, McCole Hardman, or Kadarius Toney. I think those basically wash each other out. To me, this game is a coin flip. Vegas has been telling you it all along. I know all of us have been closely watching the line to see who can claim the, the you know the huge role of underdog this week. The the fact is is that this game has stayed between you know minus three Chiefs or plus three Chiefs the whole time. It's a pick 'em, right? It's a coin toss type of game. And here here's what I know about the Chiefs. I know that the Chiefs defense is the weaker unit in this game compared to the Bengals defense. I know that Chiefs offense is, with the hobbled Mahomes, is probably the slightly weaker unit than the Bengals offense. And I certainly know that the Chiefs special teams is the weaker unit in this game. I feel that the Chiefs go out and lay a valiant effort on the field. I think we talk a lot about you know what Patrick Mahomes put on the field with a bum ankle, what they were able to do. But ultimately, I feel like this is a game that comes down to can the Chiefs stop the Bengals from getting in field goal territory, and they're not going to be able to do it. I'm going to take the Bengals 31-30, but I, I, I want to reaffirm something. This was a rebuilding year. My article that came out on Monday said that no matter what happens in this game, this season was a success. The Chiefs reset their cap. They still have nine draft picks. They've answered the most important question this season, which is can can Patrick Mahomes elevate lesser talent, which he has. He went and beat the Chargers in their stadium without Juju, without McCall Hardman, with Kadarius Toney leaving early in that game. It was just Sky Moore and MVS and Justin Watson and Travis Kelsey. Like, we've answered a lot of important questions here. And I understand that it's frustrating. It's going to be annoying hearing, you know, Joe Burrow takes all year. And guess what? Joe Burrow has the best set of skill players in the NFL. And he's a great quarterback. And it sucks that when your quarterback is injured, he's playing QB2 in the NFL, which I do believe Joe Burrow has, you know, gotten to that status. But you know what? The longevity is what matters. And Patrick Mahomes has that right now. Joe Burrow goes and keeps doing this year after year after, you know, T. Higgins gets traded or after Jamar Chase gets paid big money or after he signs a mega extension, then we can have that conversation. But at this point, I think that you look at the long haul and just say, you know, the Chiefs future is still really bright. Two things. I absolutely agree that this Chiefs season has been a success. Like, I I don't think anything that happens Sunday, like minus a couple out, which is not going to happen. It's been a success. They've They've done a really good job rebuilding the roster on a the fly. They have a ton of young talent that's only going to get better. I really think that I, – I think the Chiefs have a real case to be better next year than they are this year, especially if they make some moves, which we don't need to talk about that right now. That's my first thing. Number two, the Bengals are really, really good. Like, they're so much better right now than they were last year. I can comfortably say that. They've solved all their issues as a team. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. I think it's awesome that the four, clearly the four best teams in the NFL are playing this weekend, especially after all the Bills injuries. There's no fluke. Like, this is clearly, like, whoever's going to win the Super Bowl will have absolutely earned it. I, I can't argue with people picking the Bengals. I'm not, like, I don't think, I don't think people are wrong for that. Just my, maybe it's just my fan brain. I just can't see a scenario where Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes lose four times to the same team in two years. It's It's not, you know some like deep evidence to back that up. That's just, that's just, maybe that's just my like belief and like, or faith or something. But I just, 
I'm going to pick the Chiefs in a coin toss game. I think I had 31-27, 30-27. It'll go down to a few plays, and I just have to believe one of the times the plays will go our way. But these teams are great teams. It's going to be an awesome game, and honestly, I can't wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be an amazing game. My, my hat goes off to the Bengals. They came out last week and dominated the Buffalo Bills in in, in, in a great fashion. Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. Um they they're they're playing well on all three phases of the game. Like so, my my hats off to them. One thing that I that I believe when I look at all the other the last three games is that you know the Chiefs had a, a chance to win all three of those games, and it took like Jamar Chase having the craziest game of receiver ever to win by three. It took Mahomes having the meltdown of his life for them just to win by three, and then it took a missed field goal, fourteen missed tackles and a, a, a Travis Kelsey fumble for them just to win by three. I just don't see it happen. I don't see that happening again. Like, I feel like things are going to work in the Chiefs' favor this time. Last peop- last year, you know, it was a lot of talk about the Chiefs didn't get the burrow and, and things of that nature and how bad the, 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 the Bengals' offensive line was last year. But it was really what it was weakness on weakness because our defensive line and our defensive pressure was nothing last year either, right? So we at the bottom of the league. I don't see that this year coming into this. They have a bad offensive line because of injuries, um, and our defensive line and our and, and the blitz packages that Fax has put together has really performed well to lead us to be second in the league mm-hmm. in, in sacks overall this year. I think that makes a difference this game, and I and I really think that the Chiefs players feel different about this and how they're going out there and how they're going to be focused. And I think they will execute to the, to the points that Price was saying that they have to execute. I have the Chiefs winning 35-24. Like, I, I think they're going to win. It's going to be kind of convincing this time that and returning to the Super Bowl. So we will see. I'm excited, though. I am, I'm excited for yeah. this game. And I, I'm with both of y'all. No matter what happened in this game, I think this was an excellent year for the Chiefs. I think we do nothing but but, but to get better going forward. Uh, we got a, a lot of young talent. I think we get better in the receiver room next year. Um, these young cornerbacks are going to do nothing but get better. I, so hats off to Andy Reid and Brett Beach, man, because they turned this thing around quickly. No, I don't think nobody, you know, on a national stage would have expected the Chiefs to be even in this game, to even think about going to the Super Bowl, you know, um, another Super Bowl run after the, the offseason we had. So here we are. I'm excited about it, man. Yeah, it couldn't have asked for anything more. Uh, it, seriously, they did such a nice job. And um, whether they win, I mean, obviously, I'm rooting they win this game. But compared to last year, the expectations aren't as high for me. And I think that I think that's healthy. Maybe it's not. Uh, certainly, I'll be disappointed <laughs> if they lose. But they've set themselves up well. I'm glad we get a chance to potentially redeem ourselves and prove ourselves. But if we don't, like Price said, I don't think that's a huge indictment on the organization. They'll come back next year and be just as good. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, you know, the Chiefs win and y'all get one more episode of the Kingdom Keys, right, for the for the Super Bowl edition if the, if the Chiefs win. But, man, um, that's us. That's the keys to victory for the for the Chiefs versus the Bengals. Let's, let's, let's hear for, for a good game. Again, y'all can follow us all on Twitter. Y'all can follow Nate at NateCH32. Y'all can follow Price at Earlhead Price. He changed the name on it. Earlhead Price now. New handle, baby. Yeah, yeah new handle. Go ahead. I like it. Earl Hair Price. Go ahead. Go ahead and follow Price at Thady. Y'all can follow me at Reese Nichols. And that's it. Let's have a good game. We out.